Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful The decision is yours Book 1, part 13 Page 339 The fourth gathering Introduction at sunset on Saturday, the same group of friends met again in the house of a female professor of history and comparative religion, where anyone who joined the gathering would feel that he was entering a cave that led to an antique painting, that led to an antique painting with modern taste in which the historical artifacts spoke of the speciality of their owner. Professor of History and Comparative Religion It is very strange that you say that this Quran is the word of God like the Torah and Gospel when in fact what you say about Muhammad contradicts that because you say that Muhammad was the most eloquent in speech and the Quran is the most eloquent in style. Thus it is befitting to say that the Quran is the word of Muhammad. The eloquence of Muhammad was the natural result of a society whose greatest achievement was its eloquence. The Arabs are people of poetry and prose. They are people of rhetoric. Hence, Muhammad uh, brought the Quran to them on the basis that it was not his own words, but the word of God. He phrased it in such a way as to keep any doubt away from himself and made the focus of his message this Qur'an. The issue is for me very clear. It is the Qur'an of Muhammad and not the Qur'an of God. Indeed, Muhammad was not an ordinary person who would give up when he first encountered objections. Muhammad was, oh, uh, sorry, Muhammad was aware of the nature of his society, so he made the key to his religion just two phrases. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. The first phrase means that there is none worthy of worship but Allah, and the second part means that Allah sent him as a messenger. His people fought him, but he still called them to his religion. It was natural that his people would resist him and harm him, and they tortured his companions until some of them died as a result of, his, uh, as a result of this torture. After 13 years, he decided to migrate and he left Medina, his birthplace, for Medina, hiding en route with his companion. Uh, there, his people uh, welcomed him and he established a state and established treaties governing relations between him and the Jews and between him and the Christians who lived in Medina. His religion spread more in Medina and he fought his enemies. The first battle he fought was in 2AH. Uh, it was called the Battle of Badr. It was followed two years later by the Battle of Uhud, then the Battle of Al-Khandaq, the Ditch. Then there were more campaigns that he led himself. And between these campaigns, he also sent out expeditions led by others who appointed, whom he appointed. As time passed, his power increased and his religion became more widespread in an unparalleled fashion. In 9 AH, 
delegations came to him from all the Arabian tribes declaring their entry into his religion. At this point, he began to send letters to the kings and rulers of different nations and religions. In the 10th year following his uh, hijrah, 631 CE, Muhammad died uh, surrounded by his companions. Throughout this period, whether in Mecca or Medina, he was bringing the Quran. What he brought in Mecca is called Makki, Meccan, and he brought after that, uh, and he brought after that is called Madani, Medinan. Uh, he brought after the uh, sorry. Uh, the point I want to make is, the point I want to make is, if this Quran was truly a miracle like the miracles of the prophets, why didn't his people believe in him? Why did they confront him when he was one of them, of the noblest lineage amongst them? Why did they expel him and fight him? to the extent that many that many of them were killed, but they still did not believe that this Quran was a miracle from God. Why? Abu Hamid By presenting this view, you have also presented definitive evidence that this Quran is not the word of Muhammad, rather it came from God. You have presented a definitive evidence that his people were unable to respond to the challenge to produce something like this Quran. Don't you believe that there was no one keener to disapprove Muhammad's claim that this Quran came from God than his enemies who than his enemies whom he confronted uh, with his or with this challenge? Moreover, don't you believe that his enemies knew that if they accepted this challenge and it produced something like this Quran or some of it, then that would uh, give them a swift victory and the call of Muhammad would be defeated because its secret would be exposed and become worthless. So why did they not rise to this, to this challenge? Rather, they fought him and many of their leaders were killed and he defeated them in every battle except one. Yet he continued to challenge them with the Quran. He challenged them repeatedly, yet they were unable to meet this challenge throughout this period. I wonder why. Why didn't they produce a Quran or part of a Quran and put an end to the battle from the outset, thus sparing their blood and stopping the loss of their uh, position of leadership among the Arabs? Uh, uh, thus sparing blood and stopping the loss of their position of leadership among the Arabs, which they could see was slipping from their grasp. Why? Moreover, who can believe that among these eloquent Arabs, masters of poetry and rhetoric, whose language had many types and meters of poetry, who had special markets, where they would gather annually during the Hajj to compete in presenting the best uh, qasidas and uh, or poet poems and speeches that they had, so that history could record them, and they could be narrated uh, to all the Arab tribes. Muhammad, peace and blessing will be upon him. Nevertheless, was not known to have uh, composed a single qasida or poem. Uh, 
uh, or ode or to have given a single speech before the Quran came to him. Give us, if you like, a book of poetry by Muhammad or a book of his speeches before the age of 40, the age when he became a prophet or after. The Arabs had the seven most eloquent qasidas, uh, al-mu'allaqat, odes, O-D-E-S, hung up inside the Kaaba of respect for them and their language. Again, the Arabs had the seven most eloquent qasida poems, al-mu'allaqat, uh, hung up inside the Kaaba out of respect for them and their language. Did Muhammad write any of these qasidas, poems, or odes? The answer is no. Muhammad did not compose a single short qasida or poem that was narrated from him by anyone before or after he became a prophet. Let us ask the question again. As the Arabs were prominent in that field and were giants of linguistic achievement, why were they unable to produce something like the Quran if the Quran was written by Muhammad or by any human being for that matter? Who could believe that when the Quran is in Arabic, which is their language? Who could believe that when the Quran is in Arabic, which is their language? Moreover, remember that the Quran did not issue this challenge to them one at a time. Rather, it challenged them to come together and help one another to rise to the challenge. If they had accepted the challenge and a meeting had been held of all the enemies of Muhammad, poets and rhetoricians, all of whom were his enemies and they had produced a Quran or part of a Quran that uh, that was like it, then they would have attained great honor. By doing that, they would have put a decisive end to their problem by pro- proving that this Quran was a word of a human being and the challenge of Muhammad would have been thrown back at him. Think with me as you wish and you will reach the only rational conclusion, namely that they were unable to meet this challenge because this Quran came from God. As for your saying that if this Quran was true, his people would not have opposed it. I ask, have you ever come across any prophet throughout history whose people did not oppose him when he first came? This objection is more deserving of uh, leading you to the new truth, which was brought by the prophet Muhammad, peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. Especially when you know for certain that the situation of the Arabs at that time was like the situation of your own people at that time because the darkness of the Middle Ages overshadowed the Arabian Peninsula just as it overshadowed your centuries. <coughs> History Professor Prove to me that Muhammad challenged them to produce something like this Quran so that I can know that there was a real written challenge in the first place. But for you to assume something that probably did not happen in the first place, then base an argument on it long after the story has ended, this is something that happens a great deal and is basing too much on a flimsy foundation and it's basing too much on a flimsy foundation. First, uh, sorry, for us, for us this matter is more like a myth that is presented in the form of an exciting story in order to base the greatest victory on it, when in fact it is only an illusion. Before you tell us of the conclusion of the challenge, prove to us that there was a challenge in the first place. Isn't this the logic and ruling that we agreed to accept 
as arbiter, Abu Hamid. What the professor of history and comparative religion has said is rational and fair. I only mention this conclusion because I thought that you were aware of the challenge, so I apologize. With regard to the challenge, it is in the Quran that was revealed to Muhammad, peace and a blessing will be upon him himself, in more than one place therein. Based on your request, I will tell you these places with the numbers of the surahs or chapters and verses that you can see the wording and level of the challenge. The first challenge is mentioned in a surah called Surah Al-Isra, chapter Al-Isra or Bani Israel, the children of Israel, which is uh, the 17th surah or 17th chapter of the Quran in verse number 88, where God says in the meaning of which, Say, if the mankind and the jinn were together to produce, if the mankind and the jinn were together to produce or gather together to produce the like of this Quran, they could not produce the like thereof even if they helped one another. Al-Isra, chapter 17, Al-Isra means ascension, it talks about the ascension of Prophet Muhammad. Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 88. Have you ever heard a challenge like this? First of all, it is not only a challenge to the people of Muhammad, peace and blessings fall upon him. Rather, it is a challenge to all of mankind. Secondly, it's not just a challenge to mankind. Rather, it is also addressed to the, uh, to the jinn, the spirits. Thirdly, it is not just a challenge to mankind and the jinn in just any sense. Rather, it is that they come together and cooperate in harmony. Can this challenge be issued by any but one who is able to follow through, one who has reached the ultimate level of confidence and ability? That is because this challenge represents the greatest risk. It is risking everything. The Quran was the only source for, he, for Muhammad. The Quran was the only source for Muhammad. It was all that he had. So how could he take this risk? What is even more amazing is that the challenge mentioned in this verse was not issued by Muhammad, peace and blessing will be upon him. Rather, it was issued by the one who revealed the book to Muhammad. Muhammad was no more than the conveyor. <coughs> Muhammad was no more than the conveyor of this challenge. I don't want to present the Quran to you. I want our reason, which we agreed to appoint as arbiter, to decide. If I make a mistake, then you must correct me and tell me frankly what you say is contrary to reason. This is not the only challenge that was issued to the enemies of Muhammad in the Quran. A challenge that was much smaller than the first was also issued to them, challenging them to produce just one surah like or one chapter like a surah of the Quran, whether long or short. In the longest surah in the Quran, which is called Al-Baqarah, the cow, he said to them in the meaning of which, and if you Arab pagans, Jews and Christians are in doubt concerning that which we have sent down, i.e. the Quran, to our slave, then produce a surah, a chapter of the like thereof, and call your witnesses, supporters and helpers besides Allah if you are truthful. Chapter Al-Baqarah, the cow, chapter 2, verse 23. If you think about this challenge, you will see in it something that you do not find in the first one. 
Here the level of the challenge is reduced from the like of this Quran to the challenge to produce a surah, a chapter of the like thereof, any surah you choose. Here it is here it is stated that the one who is making this challenge is not Muhammad, rather it is God. Even more remarkably, this challenge is provoking them to the highest degree degree to the highest is provoking them to the highest degree by putting their credibility at stake god gives them the choice either they accept the challenge or if they do not produce a surah then they are liars not only that they are challenged to produce a recitation which could be however they want it what matters is that it should be a recitation this challenge is found in Surah At-Tur. Uh, let's read it. Or do they say he has forged it, meaning this Quran? Nay, they believe not. Let them then produce a recitation like unto it, the Quran, if they are truthful. Chapter At-Tur, chapter 52, verses 33 and 34. I think the verse is clear and does not need any explanation. This is the ultimate level of challenge. Here we see questions coming one after another, revealing the truth that cannot be concealed. Do you think that if these enemies had been able to respond to this challenge, they would have refrained? Do you think that if the source of this Quran was a human, they would have been able to produce something like it? Do you think that if the source of this Quran was a human, they would have been unable, they would have been unable to produce something like it? Not only that, when the Quran challenged them, it confirmed beforehand that they would never be able to produce anything like it. Do you think that if Muhammad, peace and a blessing fall be upon him, was not certain of winning this challenge, he would have stated with such certainty that they were unable to meet it? and we're bound to be defeated. The verse says, but if you do it not, but if you do it not, and you can never do it, then fear the fire, hellfire, whose fuel is men and stones prepared for the disbelievers. The Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter Al-Baqarah, chapter two, verse 24. Since that time, and until the moment when these words were written, no one among his enemies has produced anything like it and people have not heard of anyone who rose to this challenge. How do you explain this well-established fact? If we apply the theory of probability, you'll find you have only one of two possibilities before you. Either they were able to do it or they were not able and there is no third possibility. But in either case, they did not do it because if they had, it would have come down to us as their poetry has come down. Their friends and supporters among the enemies of the Quran would have narrated it to us as would any remaining polytheist or it would have been narrated by the Jews and Christian Arabs. What stopped them? If they were not able to do it, despite their prominence in this field, and they failed to produce something like the Quran, then they were incapable of doing it. There is no other answer except that they were incapable. 
Is this not a miracle? Our history professor knows full well that the challenge came down to the polytheists when they were prevailing and they had the upper hand over Muhammad. Also, they were persecuting his companions to the extent that they tortured some of them to death. Yet, despite that, they were unable to rise to the challenge and they did not even try. Then, uh, when war broke out between them and Muhammad, peace and the blessing of Allah be upon him, prevailed over them and defeated them, they were still unable to do it and they did not even try. When they had the upper hand and when the Muslims had the upper hand over them and when they were at peace and when they were at war, what does it mean when the polytheists? What what does what does it mean when the polytheists were unable to do it in any of these cases? What can uh, it mean except what can it what can it mean except that the Quran was a miracle? This proves that it is not a theoretical matter. The verse that issued the greatest challenge is, "Say, if the mankind." and the jinn, the spirits, were together to produce the like of this Quran. They could not produce the like thereof even if they helped one another. Chapter Al-Isra, verse 88. Hence, we know the secret behind their choosing the challenge of war and fighting of killing and being killed over the challenge of producing something like this Quran. Hence, we know the secret behind their choosing the challenge of war and fighting of killing and being killed over the challenge of producing something like this Quran. It is because their defeat in war was not something certain, whereas their defeat in this challenge was definite. If you study the verses which speak of the challenge, you will find that this challenge is not limited only to the time when the Quran was revealed. All eras are included in this challenge, including our own time. You and others like you are invited to meet this challenge. Can you imagine that? Moreover, you see the weakness of Muslims at present and the domination of other nations over them. Why don't they all come together to produce a Quran like it? Like it. Why not? Why don't they collect all the Arabic letters and the words and all the Arabic dictionaries and the most eloquent poetry and rhetoric of the Arabs and all the scientific technology and feed whatever instructions they want into the computers using all their mental powers and literary ability to produce a Quran like it or a surah, a chapter or a single recitation like it? Can the mind reach any conclusion other than saying that this book is above and beyond the capability of all people and all creation and that behind this book is a power that cannot be defeated by the power of all creation. For it is the power of God who is the author of the challenge. These are not the words of religion, rather they are the words of reason and logic. History Professor why are you trying to exaggerate so much about this issue and exaggerate about this challenge? Isn't the Quran in Arabic? Wasn't it revealed to the Arabs alone? So the miracle of the Quran is limited to the Arabs only because it is a linguistic miracle. Therefore, we Christians and Jews are not addressed by this challenge. Isn't this logical? Abu Hamid
When you say that the miracle of the Quran is a linguistic miracle, this makes me happy and does not uh, bother me because you have confirmed something that most of your people never even admit. You realize that the language in which the Quran was revealed is not just letters put together to make words and sentences and no more than that. No, these sentences discussed various topics and branches of knowledge. If someone says to you that a certain book is good, you will ask him what topic does it talk about or what branch of knowledge does this book deal with. If you realize that the noble Quran speaks uh, of all the topics, you will realize that the challenge of the Quran includes all branches of knowledge and it is addressed to all those who are involved with those branches of knowledge and those topics. They are invited at any point in history to find any contradiction or any single flaw pertaining to their field of knowledge in this Quran that they have before them. You say that this challenge is addressed to the Arabs because the Quran is in Arabic and it is not addressed to the Jews and Christians, but you forget that among the Arabs there are many Jews and Christians. I hope that you and the the others present uh, I hope that you and the others present will not look at this matter as merely a matter of talk simply for the purpose of passing time. Take it as a challenge that is unlike any other to every mind that opposes it. You will be able to take part in the scientific challenge in branches of knowledge referred to in the Quran before they were discovered in modern times. Try to prove that the Quran said even once a piece of information that science has proven to be wrong. We are all specialists in different fields. This challenge is addressed to all people of knowledge to find a single flaw in the Quran. The forms of the challenge in the Quran are not limited. You could try to find a contradiction between two verses. If you cannot take up the linguistic challenge, then you still have all other fields. If you spend enough time researching, you will reach the conclusion that this is mentioned by the Quran in Surah An-Nisa. Uh, that uh, do they not then ponder do they not then ponder sorry do they not then consider the quran carefully had it been from other than allah they would surely have found therein many a contradiction chapter and nisa surah nisa chapter 4 verse 82 so it can only be from god and that's that Try to work out the number of those who read the Quran from the time it was revealed until now, i.e. for more than 1400 years, and also the number of those who wrote it down or heard it. Then remember that none of those who read or heard it found a single flaw or contradiction in it. Add to that the number of those who were opposed to the Quran throughout history until today. You will never find anyone who found contradictions in it. Everyone who claims that there are contradictions in it is proven wrong on the basis of the same evidence that he quotes. Look at all the branches of knowledge having to do with the unseen and with literary and technical matters. How much have these branches of knowledge developed? This challenge was addressed to everyone and it still stands. No one has found a single contradiction. I wonder, wouldn't people be able to find contradictions in it if it was the words of a human being? How can it be otherwise when we see that what was previously accepted as scientific fact is overturned in every era?
if there was a single addition or insertion of a human wording or human ideas, wouldn't man discover it? If there were any flaws or contradictions in it, why weren't they discovered by all of these scholars in all these eras? How humiliating it is for a human, how humiliating it is for mankind, their intelligence and their knowledge to be accused of such a level of negligence and ignorance. The book which challenges its enemies, who are the majority of inhabitants on earth, to find any contradiction or flaw in it, and challenges them to change a single thing in it when it is widely available, and they fail to do that, must be, and they fail to do that, must be a book that is most miraculous. This book, which calls on its followers to read it all the time and tells them that they will be rewarded greatly for that every time they read it, repeat it, listen to it, and ponder it without fear that they may find a mistake causing their faith to be shaken. This book must be of a miraculous caliber. This book, which calls on its followers to read it all the time and tells them that they will be rewarded greatly for that every time they read it, they repeat it, listen to it, uh, and ponder it without fear that they may find a mistake causing their faith to be shaken. This book, uh, or this book, must be of a miraculous caliber. How about when the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, recommended every Muslim to read the entire Quran at least once every month, as in the hadith of uh, Abdullah ibn Amr, may Allah be pleased with him, who said that the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to him, read the Quran every month. He said, I cannot do more than that. He said, read it every 20 days. He said, uh, sorry, let me repeat that. So, who said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, uh, read the Quran every month. He said, I can do more than that. He said, read it every 20 days. He said, I can do more than that. He said, read it every 10 days. He said, I can do more than that. He said, read it every week, but do not do more than that. Do you know that one of the best acts of worship for Muslims and one of the greatest wishes that Muslims uh, that Muslim fathers and mothers have is that their children should memorize the entire Quran. Do you know that the number of those who memorize it in its entirety every year is hundreds of thousands of children in both Arab and non-Arab countries? Those Muslims who know the entire Quran by heart now can be counted in the millions. I hope that you will look again, even if you have looked before. You will see this astonishing fact. The Quran is the only book in which no verse, word, or letter differs from another from the time when it was written down by hand on skins and palm leaves until the latest printing nowadays. There is no difference between the editions that are printed in the Arab countries and those that are printed in Europe, Africa, Brazil, and America. You will never find any but the one definitive answer. Had it been from other than Allah, they would surely have found therein many a contradiction. Chapter Nisa, the woman, chapter 4, verse 82. An even more astonishing fact which will make you look for the secret behind it is that this Quran is the most printed book in history and the most handwritten book before that, but you will never find any differences between one copy and another, and you will never find any changes. For example, look 
uh, at one center for uh, printing the Quran in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. This center was established in 1984 CE and up until 2005 it had printed 116,000, uh, sorry, 160 million, 309,000 uh, and 33 copies of the entire Quran. Uh, 43 million uh, 4,412 copies produced in separate parts Juzo or uh, Juzo and Allah Akbar and 26 million 460,887 copies of translation another fact is that the number of copies of the Quran being printed is increasing uh, increasing annually but as the number of copies printed increases the care and precision involved is also increasing whereas with all other books the number of copies printed decreases after it reaches its peak and after a few years nothing is left but a few preserved copies The more prints are done, the further it gets away from the quality of the first copy and the more differences arise. You can only reach one conclusion or accept my answer to the following questions. Why has this book remained the only one among all other books that is preserved whether by hand or in a printed form? Why has it not changed? Why has no one been able to change it? Why are there no contradictions or flaws in it? Why have all attempts to change or distort it failed? Why does it become ever more widespread with the passage of time? Why do its enemies print it and distribute it? Take your time to think and investigate. Look as long as you want for an answer you will reach the same conclusion I mentioned in my answer because the one who revealed it said in Surah Al-Hijr, chapter Al-Hijr, Verily, we, it is we who have sent down the dhikr, the Quran, and surely we will guard it from corruption. Al-Hijr, chapter Al-Hijr, Surah Al-Hijr, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. The best rule that can be applied to all other books in history is that which God said regarding the Quran. Had it been from other than Allah, they would surely have found therein many a contradiction. Chapter An-Nisa, the woman, chapter 4, verse 82. That includes the other books of divine origin. The fact that there are so many contradictions in them proves that they, as they are now, are not from God. With regard to books written by human authors, there is no one who writes a book, but he will check it and recheck it, and he will find something to be corrected. No new edition of a book is issued, but something has been added to it or taken out of it. This all happens within one or two years, except with this book, the Quran. Look at the uh, look at look at the theses written by PhD and master, uh, master's students. How often do the students and the professors review them? How often do the students review them with their peers and with other uh, professors until they think that there are no 
mistakes or errors left in them but when the time comes to examine the thesis mistakes appear in it that no one could have picked up on before all of mankind are invited to form a committee to investigate and examine and check this Quran as they were invited before with all their scholars in all branches of knowledge in all eras and the jinn along with them and the jinn or the spirits along with them that makes us happy as muslims and do you know why because we are certain that they will reach only one conclusion had it been from other than allah they would surely have found therein many a contradictions and nisa the woman chapter 4 verse 82 say if the mankind and the jinn were together or gathered together to produce the like of this quran they could not produce the like thereof even if they helped one another chapter al-isra or surah al-isra chapter 17 verse 88 yes they will inevitably reach this conclusion because academic research that does not reach a conclusion or pave the way to a conclusion is futile so reason says you will be able to say with certainty that when you read the quran god is undoubtedly speaking to you Alhamdulillah, I'll stop here.